Got LBC's Washington correspondent Simon Marks ready. Should we go to him now? Let's talk to Simon now. Simon, good morning. What do we know? Well, I mean, it's just extraordinary. The images that have been streaming live uh, on the internet from a camera, looks like it's a security camera of some kind, uh, near this nuclear power station. It has six reactors, this nuclear power plant. It's the largest uh, in Ukraine, I think the largest in Europe. And uh, just extraordinary images of... Uh, the Russians shelling it. Now, there is absolutely no military reason whatsoever uh, to shell this nuclear power plant. The alert was raised by the power plant's manager. Uh, there were, at last uh, report, over 80,000 people around the world watching uh, this live uh, stream of a Russian assault on a nuclear power plant that contains six reactors uh, and is on fire. The Russian foreign minister is warning that if the uh, power plant uh, were to face the worst possible case scenario, uh, it would be uh, creating a crisis ten times worse, he says. I think that's the Ukrainian foreign minister that's saying that. That is the Ukrainian foreign minister, yes. The Ukrainian foreign minister saying that. A situation that would be ten times worse than Chernobyl, uh, which, of course, back in 1986 was the worst nuclear accident uh, the world had ever seen. Uh, the uh, Ukrainian authorities are saying that they are not being uh, allowed or are unable uh, to reach this nuclear power plant in order to battle the fire that has broken out inside it. Uh, the foreign minister says the Russian army is firing from all sides. Fire has already broken out. Russians must immediately cease fire and allow firefighters to establish a security zone. I see the Associated Press uh, is reporting uh, that a government official, I'm not clear whose government, Mm. uh, which country's government, uh, is saying that elevated levels of radiation are being detected near the site of this plant, which is responsible for 25% of Ukraine's power generation. I, I mean, look, neither of us, Darren, is a nuclear expert. There, no. were, there was all sorts of concern uh, when there was a bit of a battle going on the other day for control of uh, the area around Chernobyl, and people reported elevated radiation levels. And we later discovered from people who are nuclear experts that actually, in the case of Chernobyl, that was perfectly to be expected because the minute you start kicking up um, the earth around Chernobyl and the dust and the, mm. uh, the, the you know all the, the the pollen and everything that's uh, in the in the fields around Chernobyl, it was inevitable that those radiation levels were going. So uh, this to, might not speak to the integrity of, the, of this nuclear power plant necessarily being damaged in a way that's causing the radiation levels correct, to rise. Correct. Well, it, it may not be a, a, an immediate cause for mass concern, but there is also absolutely no question that to see Russian forces attacking a nuclear power plant with six reactors that, as I understand it, require connection to the electricity grid in order to uh, be to, to have their cores cooled in the event of any kind of overheating of their cores, uh, that is a very, very uh, serious situation. I see the plant spokesman uh, has told Ukrainian television that the reactor that is on fire is currently under renovation and is not operating, but that there is nuclear fuel in 
inside, and that would suggest that that nuclear fuel obviously has to be kept uh, at a certain temperature uh, to avoid the kind of disaster that we all witnessed uh, when everything went so badly wrong uh, at Chernobyl. So, uh, look, I mean, we've heard nothing as of yet from the White House. Just checking uh, my email, we've had no, no uh, statement yet from the White House, nothing even to say that President Biden is uh, aware of this and watching it. Uh, but this is clearly an extremely hazardous development uh, and one that does raise his questions, as you were talking about just before I came on air, about why the Russians would be doing this. Is this an effort uh, by Vladimir Putin to force some kind of confrontation with NATO, with the West? Mm, mm. Uh, because you, you clearly can't have this kind of thing taking place. Uh, and not have some sort of very forceful response from Western nations that themselves, were this power plant to blow, uh, would find themselves potentially uh, at, uh, in danger yes. from the radioactive dust and clouds that we saw in 1986. I mean, you'll you'll know better than I do. I think they reached Scotland, right, in 1986. I think well, the I, I, I was talking about this yesterday. I recall being 13 years of age and my home economics teacher in Nern Academy was warning of the possibility that that dust cloud, that radioactive dust cloud, could impact on some of the, the, you know, the produce that was farmed in the north of Scotland. Yeah, and certainly they uh, impacted places like Sweden and, yes. uh, and, and Finland. And, uh, and, of course, this will also impact Russia itself, uh, which is why it seems uh, to be such an absolutely suicidal mission by mm. these Russian forces. And as you were saying, we don't know who they are or um, what yes. uh, kind of and, instructions they've received. And it'll be intro well, more than interesting. Uh, it'll be crucial to watch to see if Russia says anything about this, if it disowns this action or if it... It, or if by its silence we deduce that it's complicit. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, certainly this would add to the argument that war crimes are being committed by uh, the Russians, and we've seen uh, in the last few hours uh, fresh steps being taken to open an inquiry at the, uh, I think, the International Criminal Court uh, into uh, possible war crimes that have been committed by Russian forces. Um, we uh, had heard from the White House today that they were ramping up sanctions uh, against uh, Russian oligarchs, uh, eight of them, including the Kremlin's press secretary, Dmitry Peskov, uh, had their assets frozen here in the United States. Um, uh, another 19, I believe it was, including 47 family members, told that they would no longer be able to access uh, visas to visit the United States. Um, President Biden and the White House insisted uh, that there were more uh, sanctions potentially coming from the United States in the days ahead. Uh, the uh, spokesman for the plant that's under attack is quoted by the Associated Press as saying that we demand that the Russians stop their heavy weapons fire. He has said in a video posted on Telegram, there is a real threat of nuclear danger in the biggest atomic energy station in Europe. He said that shells were falling directly on the plant and had set fire to one of the facility's six reactors. That's the fire, that's the reactor uh, that is under renovation, but firefighters cannot get to, mm. to the blaze because they are being shot at. So certainly the officials in charge of the plant believe that this is an extremely uh, dangerous uh, and uh, potentially uh, hazardous situation and not just uh, mm. for this city of 
Enerhodar in Ukraine, where this power plant is located. Well, there, there are some some particles of good news there, I suppose, Simon, aren't there? If you want to, to look for them, the, the fact that this appears to have damaged one of the uh, one of the reactors that's being renovated, but uh, but but a very very concerning situation. For I, now. I see. I see, Darren. The International yeah. Atomic Energy Agency has just put out a statement saying it is aware of reports of shelling at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. We're going to have to learn how to say that, aren't we? Yes. Zaporizhia. Uh, and is in contact with Ukrainian authorities about the situation. But, you know, what can the Ukrainian authorities do if it's the Russians that are doing the shelling? For now, Simon, thanks very much. Simon Marks, LBC's Washington correspondent, 0345 973 let's go back to LBC's Washington correspondent, Simon Marks. Simon. Well, 8.32pm in Washington, 3.32 in the morning in Kiev, Darren, and we've just had word that President Biden is at the White House and on the phone uh, with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, clearly uh, reacting to the news that we've been reporting for the last half an hour about this Russian assault uh, on this nuclear power plant uh, in uh, Ukraine. Uh, We don't know yet any details of that conversation, uh, but this was not uh, part of the uh, plan for the president uh, this evening. Everything at the White House had wrapped up for the night uh, and uh, nothing further was expected and then we started getting reports of the Russian shelling of this uh, nuclear power plant responsible for providing 25% uh, of Ukraine's power generation with one of its six reactors uh, on fire, although it is a reactor that is currently out of commission, but as we've heard from uh, various uh, experts over the last half an hour, it would still uh, need to have uh, the opportunity to be cooled in the event uh, of any kind of catastrophic breakdown. Uh, There is, uh, as I think you've already reported, Darren, a a nuclear expert, uh, John Wolfstall, former advisor to uh, Vice President Joe Biden in Barack Obama's administration, who has been making the point on Twitter that the reactor uh, in this uh, location in Ukraine is not the same type of reactor uh, that was built uh, at uh, Chernobyl and of course caused uh, the worst nuclear accident the world has ever seen in 1986 with the meltdown there. Uh, He's saying that reactors of the type that has come under attack tonight have containment buildings and when they stop working, even in emergencies, are designed to enter a safe state. But he argues the danger is that if the building and the plant were heavily damaged, then some of those safety systems might fail, uh, and that uh, is where Mm. people would need to start getting uh, concerned. But the update from the White House, very much that President Biden uh, is uh, across this, speaking to the Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, it remains unclear what President Zelensky uh, can do as a result of this. But it is worth pointing out that just a few hours ago, we were told by uh, the Pentagon that some kind of hotline had been established between American and Russian uh, commanders. 
that was designed to be used as a uh, channel for deconfliction in Ukraine and designed to be used to uh, keep America apprised of what the Russian military's uh, plans and tactics were going to be in Ukraine uh, in order to avoid uh, unforeseen civilian casualties. Now, that was, you know, potentially a big development because we certainly, that certainly, that hotline didn't exist uh, as far as we know 48 hours ago. And uh, you've got to wonder if tonight the Pentagon is also mm. uh, talking to the Russian military uh, in a bid to get a uh, sense from them as to what precisely uh, was behind this uh, Russian attack uh, on uh, a plant with six separate reactors, but the one that appears to be ablaze is one of the reactors that is not currently functioning. Simon, for now, thank you very much once again. LBC's Washington correspondent, Simon Marks. We can go to LBC's Washington correspondent, Simon Marks, for an update on all of this. Simon, hello again. Hello again, Darren. We've got uh, the readout from the White House now of President Biden's call with President Zelensky. Uh, it says that President Biden spoke with President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine this evening to receive an update on the fire at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. President Biden joined President Zelensky in urging Russia to cease its military activities in the area and allow firefighters and emergency responders to access the site. We've also learned from the White House that the President spoke to the Undersecretary for Nuclear Security at the US Department of Energy uh, and the Administrator of the National Nuclear Security Administration. That is uh, one person uh, who shares both of those roles to receive an update on the situation at the plant. The president says the White House will continue to be briefed regularly. Uh, we've also had a little bit of congressional reaction that has come in from Congressman Ted Liu uh, of California, who's a prominent Democrat in the House of Representatives, who has tweeted, no change in radiation levels at the plant is good news, but the fact that Russian forces shelled a nuclear plant shows Putin is not interested in governing Ukraine. He wants to destroy the country, the courageous Ukrainian people, the US and our allies will not let war criminal Putin succeed. Now, what's interesting, of course, about that statement is that we don't yet know that this was a deliberate act orchestrated on the orders of Vladimir Putin uh, to shell this nuclear power plant. It's perfectly possible that that's what occurred, but it's equally possible that other uh, events led to it. Mm. Uh, but also what's interesting is that Ted Liu there is describing Vladimir Putin simply as a as war criminal Putin which uh, is uh, redolent of the fact that there is a growing chorus here suggesting that there is no possibility that Vladimir Putin and members of his inner circle once all of this is over and past us not just the nuclear uh, plant issue but the broader questions about Ukraine uh, will not uh, at some point have to answer for the crimes Russian forces yeah. are committing in Ukraine. And the apologists, of course, for this regime, certainly in, in the run-up to the last few days, have been members of the uh, right-wing fringes of the Republican Party and indeed TV hosts like Tucker Carlson. 
Yeah, although that screech of tyres you can hear is Donald Trump backpedalling. He, uh, within the last uh, 24, 36 hours or so, has given interviews in which he has urged the Russians to stop killing people in Ukraine, again has insisted that this is what happens uh, when an election in the United States is rigged. Once again, that false assertion, because he argues Mm. that all of this has only happened because a weak president, Joe Biden, is in the White House and it would never have happened if he was on deck but he's also gone so far as to claim that he's the man who provided the Ukrainians with much of the weaponry that they are so effectively using in defense uh, of the Russians which is a very creative rewriting Mm. of history but gives you a sense of how rapidly uh, the tide even on the right of the Republican Party is beginning to move. Does he remember that a week ago he said Putin was a genius. Yes, I, I've never the genius comment. I think to, to to be fair, the genius comment was kind of taken out of context because he was being sarcastic when he said the word genius. But what wasn't taken out of context was the word savvy. He absolutely insisted that Vladimir Putin was savvy, and I think at one point in a separate interview, uh, paid tribute to his sort of tactical mind. Yeah. I mean, that does uh, pop genius but, back into context, then, doesn't it? I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I suppose that's right. Depends on your definition of genius, doesn't it? But look, I mean, there's no question that uh, other figures on the right politically here have been, and in some cases still are, openly uh, sympathetic to and supportive of Vladimir Putin. But it is interesting to see Donald Trump move like that because, you know, he is, he made it pretty clear a few days ago, edging closer to announcing that he's going to be a candidate for uh, the presidency again. And it is absolutely apparent, I think, to all of us that we've cha- we've turned a, a huge geopolitical page in the history books here and uh, you've got you've to be aligned um, against Vladimir Putin at this point if you really want to be Russian president, mm. uh, American president. I mean, at least that's where we currently appear to stand. Yeah. We've got the receipts, of course, haven't we? Yes, Simon, thanks very much for that. Simon Marks, LBC's Washington correspondent, joining me this morning on LBC, where it's uh, 2.33 news time, and the headlines come from Lottie Morley.